bought a rhodolite crystal. It had summoned me in a crystal shop and I really wanted it. So, yep, I held it, I took it home. I started to get more into the meditation and the crystals. And as I was holding this rhodolite crystal, I was looking up at the window and the window started to morph into another being on the mirror, uh, on the window, sorry. And it morphed between an indigenous man and a lion. And I'm rubbing my eyes thinking, you know, what am I looking at? Um, but every time I asked it a question, the crystal would pulse. So it had pulsed in my hand. So I started telepathically speaking to what I was seeing on, on the window. And this being... You got to accentuate the positive. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive. So wonderful to present another amazing story for you all today. We're down under in Australia with a couple of Aussie gals and we're going galactic today. I'd love to introduce you to Desley Locke. Welcome to the show, Desley. Welcome to you, Karen. It's wonderful to be here and to actually meet and connect with you today. A good friend, Karina Machado, who also has a podcast show, introduced me to Desley because Desley was going to share her experience with Karina, but Karina went overseas and she said, go chat with Karen. And I'm like, thanks, Karina. And you've not really shared your experience apart from writing a book. You've not really shared your experience with any podcast shows yet, have you? No, I haven't. Um, just just talking about this stuff and getting it down on paper, um, yeah, it was quite challenging. Yeah. Um, and then sort of trying to connect and finding people, like-minded people that I could chat to. Um and then I found you, uh, which just seemed the perfect person to talk to in terms of galactic things and, and, Absolutely. and all those things. So, yeah. Let me tell people a little bit about your experiences. So Desley Locke grew up in Stanthorpe, Queensland, Australia, on a local stone fruit property. As a child, she had many paranormal experiences and always felt a sense of not belonging and a feeling of being different a deep sense of homesickness for somewhere else other than the earthly plane enhanced these feelings of aloneness. The early paranormal experience continued into childhood and ongoing health problems from childhood led Desley on a journey into the world of natural medicine. After being successfully treated by a naturopath, Desley was inspired to be of service in the healing arts and you've been a naturopath for like a long time, over 30 forever. years ago, yeah. forever. <laughs> long time. A long, yes. time. long time. Graduating as a naturopath in 93. And uh, you've done other energy modalities followed, like using massage and crystal, meditation, hands-on healing. And in 2011, 
a series of personal disasters, debilitating physical symptoms, and prophetic dreams of gigantic weather events led to a nervous breakdown, otherwise known in the spiritual community as the dark night of the soul. More paranormal experiences followed, which became totally out of this world. Desley had never entertained the concept of originating from the stars, but her ordinary life became extraordinary when her house became a portal for close encounters of the third kind. So she was forced to consider that something more than just demonic forces were haunting her and there was something trying to communicate profound messages. As more clues were left for her to solve, an intriguing puzzle ensured, which ultimately led her to finding her starseed origins via an astrological chart, which is interesting. Interested to hear about that. Desley was told that she would leave a sort of a legacy as a sign of the Leo in her chart represented a unique energy with something that would birth into existence. Hence, she wrote her book, The Legacy of the Starseed Wisdom, Awakening Pure Potential to Other Realms of Existence. So you've got a website, which is your naturopathic website, which is desleylocknaturopath.com.au. But this isn't not this. You don't really have your galactic experiences on the website there, do you? No, not at this stage. I have started to do a couple of YouTube videos. Oh, great. Um, um, and I've called that Weaver of Esoteric Knowledge. Uh, so I've started to read some of the chapters from the book. But it's talking about it, it's getting it, getting it out there and feeling comfortable about it, um, which is taking a little bit of time. Well, congratulations on getting the book out. It's a lot of work to put a book out, and uh, especially when you don't know how it's going to be received. So let's go back to where it all began. What was going on? Right. I'd probably just um, go back to my childhood firstly because all of that is interconnected. So basically I didn't want to be here on this earthly plane. So from the moment I was born, I was an extremely sentient, sensitive child. So uh, any noises would sound like freight trains in my ears. I, I couldn't handle strangers. I would go and hide up in the cupboard to get away from aunts and uncles because the sensory environment was too much for me. From about, I don't know how, how old you are in a cot, 12 months of age, I can distinctly remember being in that cot. I had a little a little pink blanket and it used to get stuck in my little pinky toe and I used to find it extremely irritating. And when I was older, I said to my mother, where did that blanket go? And she said, what blanket? And I said, the blanket that I used to have in the cot. And she said, how can you possibly remember that? You're only a baby. So... I have very clear memories from a very early age. And when I was about five or six, I think it was, I used to have uh, issues at night time with faces in the photographs on the walls. They used to try to communicate with me and they used to uh, make motions with their mouth and I would be terrified, absolutely terrified of these strange apparitions in the pictures. 
But then there was this old man that used to be under the bed and he used to crouch under and he used to play games with me and put these cigarettes in his mouth and and stare at me intently. And I used to be terrified, absolutely terrified, run through the house, wake everybody up, used to annoy my siblings to death, insisting that there was this man under the bed. And I didn't find out until years later after my mother died that it was actually a homeless man that um, had died in the house. He'd lit a fire uh, oh, and oh, set wow. the house on fire. So, wow. So he actually was a real person in, mm. in, in a different time and space. So, so that was my first clairvoyant experience, I suppose. Yeah. But I always had this sentience that made my life very difficult. So my nervous system is highly attuned, so I would pick up everybody's emotions. If I got bitten by a mosquito or stung by a bee, I would feel the emotions of that for days. So not only was I feeling my own pain, but the pain of the bee that I would have hit and, and killed because it, it, it bit me. So I had all this constant emotions that I couldn't deal with very well. Yeah. Um, when I was about, I think it was my first year of school, I had my first episode of ASMR, which is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, or a brain orgasm. They call them a brain orgasm. Oh. Um, people put videos on on YouTube where they they get, uh, packets of chips and mm. they crunch them and they make all these soothing sounds to create an artificial environment for a brain orgasm to occur. Oh, uh, There was nothing artificial about these ones. The, these <laughs> just used to occur spontaneously. And I remember being in class and I was hopeless at mass. I couldn't do mass for the life of me. I couldn't understand that left brain aspect of maths and I was having a lot of difficulty and the, and the boy in the class who was sitting next to me and normally boys aren't very helpful <laughs> at that age he he offered to help me with this mathematic equation and because he was being sensitive and he was being empathic that was the first time I experienced it and it is just the most beautiful sensation it usually starts from my upper back and it works its way up the spine and you just go into what I would consider bliss you're just in this blissful world of beautiful tingling sensations and you will go into a trance and that was the first time it ever happened to me and I oh. yeah and he had to poke me in the ribs to to get me back to back to earth. So over the years, I continued to have them, and it's usually to do with something of mine. If, like, for instance, I had a, a pot plant I wasn't looking after and somebody said, look at that pot plant. You know, this needs water. It needs some loving, tender care. So they were being very loving to the pot plant and, and helping the pot plant out. And then suddenly it hit me. And it just comes in this big rush of wave of pure love. Wow. And you're just off into this blissful trance. Now, over the years, I thought, well, maybe they're feeling it as well. Are they feeling the vibes? Yeah. 
But in my 60 years, I've never come across anybody else that have said, you know, the earth moved for me too. So <laughs> it's obviously something that I pick up. Um, and it is, it's beautiful. So, so that was something very special. I've also had episodes of sleep paralysis where I've, yeah, they, they can be uh, quite frightening. Um, and I didn't really understand them at the time. I'd be asleep in bed, wake up, can't move, can't speak, can't get off the bed. But a part of me had left my body and was in the kitchen. And I was actually, I could hear the rattling of the cups and making the breakfast and the doors slamming, thinking that there's somebody in in the house. But in actual effect, it was me in the kitchen. I'd left my body. So mine was sort of more like that rather than demons coming down and trying to choke me uh, that other people talk about. So so I've had sleep paralysis. I've had shifting realities was a, was a big thing, and that started in my 20s. A few years ago I had a car accident where I was um, coming along and a, and a guy decided to do a burnout in front of me and um, I could see him coming and there was nothing I could do. He'd lost control of his car. So I just surrendered to the universe and said, well, this is it. And as soon as I did that, um, I heard the bang. I heard the steel on steel. I came to a stop. The guy pulled over the side of the road. He got out. He came over to me and he said, are you all right? And I said, I think so, but I don't know about my car. He said, he was looking at me really strangely and he said, well, just go and park it over there and I'll have a look. Well, he pinged off and I went around the corner and I got out of the car and I just sat there in absolute disbelief. There was not, there was no, there was no damage, let alone a dent on the car. Wow. So in that moment, I'd switched realities. Yeah. So there was two cars and there was two Desleys, and I saved, uh, you know, I saved myself from a fate because it was head on. He was coming for me head on, and he totally lost control. And no wonder he pinged off because he was probably just sitting there wondering what the hell just happened. Yeah. Because he had no damage and I had no damage. Um, so that was my first experience of this switching realities. So, yeah, so I had this very sentient childhood. The mindfulness played a big part right from then. So sensations and colour and feel became very important to me. So so if I, for instance, had, a, had an apple, I would be wanting to feel the texture, uh, feel the sensations in my mouth. Or if I was given a an Easter egg, for instance, at Easter time, I would want to savour that, whereas my siblings would be in there wanting to get it all done, finished, not me. It was It was always about the sensations and the feel. And bodily functions. I mean, I would feel every bodily function from a child. It was, you know, it was a nightmare because 
if we went on a holiday, it was always we always had to stop at every toilet stop because bladder and bowels, I would feel them intently. Uh, so, yes, so I, I had a lot of issues as a child. I had rickets as a child. Um, we were brought, on a, brought up on a stone fruit property, so therefore there was a lot of pesticide usage and that affected my bones and it, in particular affected my upper back, upper body, neck and, and rib, rib area. So as I went through childhood and into adulthood, trying to make friends, um, feeling like you don't belong, this inauthenticity and this feeling like you don't belong here became quite strong as I entered into my 20s. And then I had a lot of issues with bullying in workplaces, in relationships. So, yeah, there was there was a lot of issues there as well. And then uh, when I got into my 40s, we had a lot of financial issues. So between financial issues and relationship issues, it all came to a head round about 2011. So one of the other strange things that I use that I have is this affinity with electricity and water. So I used to have a water bed back in the 80s. And um, if anybody sat on that water bed with me and I touched them, it was like a vibrator going over their skin. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was interesting. I, I rang up the waterbed people thinking that there was something wrong with the bed, but there was nothing wrong with the bed. It was that high resonance. And then if I had anything to do with water at the same time, I would vibrate. Um, my father was a water diviner, so perhaps that's where it came from. But, um, yeah, that was another one of my weird things that I had Um and continue continue to have. I can get it um, from hair, even wet hair with a hairdryer. It can cause vibration through the through the hands. So yeah, so all of these weird things I had as I was growing up. Yeah, and then my mother she died when I was twenty eight, and then that was my first experience of telepathy and talking talking to someone on the other side. I used to do a lot of hands-on healing um, in meditation classes and I remember this particular lady, we were doing hands-on healing but you don't actually touch their head, you're, you know, you're about this far away from them and all of a sudden I went into a trance and it was like I had her hand, I had my hands on her head and I was reefing her head like she was in, in a washing machine. Uh, but when, when I opened my eyes, I was still as calm as a tranquil lake. So that was an interesting experience as well and she actually felt that one. So there's all these things that, yeah, that, that were always there. I always had an interest in... in um, you know, new age philosophies and I've read many books along the way. So mainly life after death experiences, but nothing in the in the ET side. So that that all became apparent uh, around about two thousand and eleven.
um, that's when we really, really began. <laughs> Honey one, I'm riveted to your story of whoa. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so yeah, 2011, the bullying had come to a, a complete, I had a workplace bullying issue. I had to give up work. I had gotten sick the year previously with parvovirus, human parvovirus, and I'd never fully recovered. So I had a lot of fatigue and a lot of exhaustion um, and I wasn't working. And it was this particular day I went off to the shopping centre to get some groceries and I went to go down the aisle and all of a sudden everything just started to move and I felt like I shifted and I felt like I was going to fall over basically. And I sort of scrabbled to get my balance and I went home and it just kept happening and happening and happening. And then I started to get really ill. I lost so much weight. I basically aged overnight. When I looked in the mirror, all my hair was falling out. I was totally wrinkled. My eyes, my eyes looked like uh, I was the Mad Hatter. Uh, even my dog was frightened of me. Just all of these bizarre symptoms. I was shaking. Um, I couldn't eat. And I, I literally said to myself, this must be what it's like to die because I was just so ill. And um, then I had these queer balance problems, gait problems, etc. Um, and I had to go through various specialists to try and find out what the cause was of those. I went through all different MRIs and everything. They couldn't come up with any reason why I should be so ill. They tried to put me on antidepressants and I just shook in the cupboard with serotonin syndrome, so I had to give up on that idea. Eventually they found that I did have a vestibular problem and I developed vestibular migraine. And I thought that that was the answer to it all. <laughs> but my meditation teacher or my meditation guru teacher at the time said, no, you're going through ascension flu. And I said, what the hell is that? And he said, don't worry, you're getting an upgrade. Just try and be calm, be peaceful, be patient, meditate, and all will be well. And I thought, oh, no, it's it's the vestibular problem. I'll give all of this other remiss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the universe had different ideas to yeah. giving it a miss. So. so, yeah, so I had all of that going on and couldn't understand why I couldn't get any better. And then in, oh, I think it was um, late 2011, I started to pick up and I was back doing some work. And I went to, to drive out the driveway to go to work and um, there was this ornament thing on the driveway. And I went to pick it up to get it out of the way and it looked like it came out of the ark. It was all old and decrepit. It was a little duck, little, you know, those little ornamental garden ducks. And I went, oh, I looked at it. And I went, oh, all right. Instead of putting it in the bin, <laughs> I put it on the porch. Mm. First move I shouldn't have made. So 
I'd already made contact, so I already made this energy connection with this duck. So I put it on the porch and I went to work and da-da-da-da. And then I went to come home and because I'm so mindful of everything that I do, any little change I, I notice, so this duck had moved. So it had swung its to the right and I thought, oh, that's odd. Didn't think any more of it. Went to work the next day and it swung to the left. I thought, oh, okay. So I didn't think any more of it. And then I went to put some washing on the line and the duck was out in the backyard <laughs> on its side. And I thought, well, let's just, why would anybody pick that up, go round the back? They have to go right round and then throw it over the gate. So I thought, how strange. So I picked it up again and I put it back on the porch. And then I got up the next morning and I and I had an umbrella. And we haven't had any rain for weeks, but the umbrella was outside on the porch, opened. And I thought, I'm sure it hasn't rained for weeks. What is this umbrella doing out here? And I thought, well, maybe it got lost and somebody brought it back. So I brought it back inside. And then after that, things just kept shifting. So photos would move. I'd come out in the morning, there'd be a photo of me face down um, on the carpet in the lounge room. And I'd pick it up and then ornaments would be knocked over. And my little dog wasn't agile enough to, to get up that high anyway. So I sort of got used to that. And then um, I was watering the garden and my daughter came out to me and she said, she just had a shower and she came out and she said, Mum, did you put that on the mirror? And I went, well, and I looked up and they were the biggest hands I had ever seen. They were huge. And they had, they weren't just hand marks. You could actually see all the lines in the hand, just like you would with any other normal hand and, and it was almost like they were behind the mirror and they put their hands on the mirror wow and i just and and my hands are no, nowhere near as big all my daughters all my husbands they didn't fit anybody's hands and i was starting to think my god is somebody coming in here and playing a practical joke and doing all of this and i was starting to get quite concerned about it but i rubbed them off and i don't think more of it the next day, I'm out watering the garden and it's direct line to the mirror. And I looked up and there they were again. Oh. And they were a little bit further down this time, but the same hands again. And I just, I went, oh, my Lord, what is going on here? So I thought, well, I need to get in a psychic or a, somebody that can tell me what these hands are. And every time I attempted to get somebody to come, something would happen or something would happen to them and they wouldn't be able to get there. Wow. So it just wasn't wasn't happening. And then they started to appear on the slider as well. So a slide, we had a sliding glass door, so they were appearing on there. So I'd wipe them off and then they'd be back again. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, what's happening here? And then gradually these hands changed into other types of hands so we had children's hands 
all arranged like in a portal, like a round portal, just like the, uh, it reminded me of the UNICEF symbol, except these were hands rather than olive branches. And then we've got skeletal hands, so creepy, skeletal type, demonic type hands as well. So there was just handprints everywhere and they were trailing through my daughter's bedroom and then they were starting to go down the hallway as well. And then on top of that, there was these symbols starting to appear on the ceilings. So when I looked at the symbols, they were similar to some of the ones that you see in the ancient caves around the world. So I looked them up and they were flute marks, so wavy lines, cross hatches, uh, ones called penny forms, all these different odd shapes that were trying to explain a language, but no idea. And they looked like they looked like they were playing in dust on the ceiling, but but you couldn't move them. So we had all of that going, and then in my clinic room here, these other marks basically appeared overnight. They look like watermarks, but they're odd shapes. I'm looking at them now, actually. They're very strange shapes, but I haven't had any water leakage, of, you know, anywhere on the roof. So they appeared overnight as well. And they're almost like um, like a portal or an elevator to to go up or come down. So yeah, that was and if you try to move them, you can't move them. They're they're ingrained into the into the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So that was all going on. And then my daughter's a big fan of Game of Thrones, so she has the sigils, the lion, the the uh, dragon, and the wolf. And slowly over the dragon, this other apparition started to appear. And it it's like a reptilian type, um, yeah, form. It's got an elongated head, and then it's got you can see the rib cage. So that started to appear as well. And then we had all other bizarre things happening. We actually it actually sounded like a dragon, sometimes flying over the roof, which was really bizarre. Tobacco smells, um, yeah, strange, strange, um, shrill, shrill noise. I got up one night in the kitchen and then there was nothing there when I turned the light on, but, uh, they left, it left like, um, something akin to dust on the kitchen bench. So all these bizarre, bizarre things were happening. I, I talked to another couple of psychics. They didn't think it was anything malevolent. They thought it was something indigenous, something uh, old, very old, indigenous. I love cats. I've had a couple of cats. They thought that they were cat spirits in the house as well, but they really couldn't come up with any answers to what was going on. So these hand marks started to change and they started to show up on the cars as well. So there'd be all these handprints all over my car as well as my daughter's. 
But then it started to change and I was starting to really begin to wonder what I was dealing with because there was a couple of marks. There were always three marks. You'd find them around the house. There'd be three marks. That's all I can say, three like three claw marks. And um, these ones were sandblasted into my daughter's mirror. You couldn't get rid of them on her car mirror. Uh, And she'd been gifted this car from her auntie and I started to get rather uneasy about it all and she ended up having a car accident in this car and I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's more to this, maybe there's a, it's a demon of some description that's taken over the house. She was okay, but after that I, begin, I was beginning to think what else was going on. I went to move this car out of the, out of the way one day and I just couldn't believe what was under the car. Under the car was two obsidian rocks. You know, like they were about this big. How did they get there? They just appeared out of nowhere. And I picked them up and I went, I don't know whether I should keep these or not, and I ended up throwing them away because the last time I picked something off the driveway, <laughs> things, <laughs> things, all things went woo-woo. So, yeah, but I think they were meant for some form of protection. Yeah. But I didn't keep them. I scurried back inside. I chucked them away, scurried them back inside and didn't want to know about it. So, yeah, so the things that go bump in the night all just kept on happening. And then I was in the laundry this particular day. I was doing some washing and all of a sudden I could hear this strange noise. And I thought, where in the hell is this noise coming from? And I went down the hallway trying to figure out where it was coming from and I went past the toilet and I couldn't, my mind just could not, I just, you know, yeah, I just couldn't believe what I was was looking at. The walls were moving. So the back of the toilet walls were doing this, like some big tsunami, and the toilet seat was juttering. So it was bouncing up and down at the same time, and the toilet was making this guttural noise like it swallowed a beast. And I just, and the noise, it was so loud. It was like something was trying to come up from the depths of the earth. And I I raced out. I was home alone on my own. I went outside with my phone. I thought, well, what do I do? What do I do? Do I try to ring the council? Is it a, is it a burst pipe? Every time I attempted to ring, I couldn't make a connection. I sat outside for a while. I thought, well, what, what do I do? And I finally got up enough courage to go back inside. I could still hear the noise. And I rang my husband, who was away at the time, and I said, get, get a load of this, will you? And he said, what am I listening to? I said, I'm going towards the toilet. Can you hear this? Can you hear this? And as soon as I got to the toilet, it stopped. And everything just went back to calm. Oh. And I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't even sit on the toilet seat. I said, 
I said, don't hang up till I do my business because I don't know what's going to come up through the toilet. And then I looked up at the wall and there was this black soot mark. So it was like something come up out of the toilet and it actually got through. And I'm thinking, am I going insane? Am I going mad? Is it, What is going on? You know, and that was probably the first time that I felt a little afraid. Um, but strangely enough, I, I, I was accepting of what was going on and not unduly concerned, which I found very odd. I have to ask you something. I mean, most people would have run a lot, you know, they would have said, I'm it's, not going sounded... back into that house ever, you know, and yet I was quite happy to be in it or be amongst all of this that was happening. It's sounding very poltergeisty. It did. It sounded very poltergeisty. What? At any time during all these experiences, did you ever talk to it and say, what do you want, who are you? Well, then after that, I bought a Rhodolite crystal. It had summoned me in a crystal shop and I really wanted it. So, yep, I held it. I took it home. I started to get more into the meditation and the crystals. And as I was holding this Rhodolite crystal, I was looking up at the window and the window started to morph into another being on the mirror, uh, on the window, sorry. And it morphed between an Indigenous man and a lion. And I'm rubbing my eyes thinking, you know, what am I looking at? Um, but every time I asked it a question, the crystal would pulse. So it would pulse in my hand. So I started telepathically speaking to what I was seeing on on the window and this being um, I named him Bashir that's the name that came to me um, and he basically told me he was he was a a guide or a guardian um, and he, he would show up on that mirror and never go away he, he if I rubbed him off he'd come back again so over the next few nights, I started to get this, it was like somebody walking on the roof and going around in a grid. So only on one side of the house, never on the other side, just in this particular grid fashion. And I thought, well, maybe it was possums, but it would be the same marching steps every night at the same time, if I looked at my watch or clock, it always had the number 11 in it or it added up to 11. And 11 has always been a big number for me because it's part of my birth date. My birth date adds up to the master number 11. Um, things that have happened in my life have happened every 11 years. Um, and after all of this bizarre ascension stuff, I would hone in on anything that was happening in the world in terms of tsunamis, floods, and there was always an 11 that added up in the date. 
um, and prior to 2011, I came home from work one day and I looked down at my tummy and my tummy was doing these rolling waves. So my tummy was actually rolling in these bizarre movements that, you know, any ballet dancer would be very proud of. Um, and I had no control over them. They were just waving and waving and waving. And I thought, I don't know what that means. Um, but it, as it turned out, as you probably would know, Toowoomba um, ended up having a tsunami, an inland tsunami hit the area. And prior to that, I'd had a prophetic dream. I was I used to live below the range here um, in Toowoomba, and I was walking from house to house, but there was no houses. They'd all disappeared. And I thought it must have been a bushfire that I was seeing. This was a couple of years prior to this happening. In actual event, it, it was the flood because the flood had caused all of the houses to be washed away. So I was picking up the prophetic dream a couple of years prior. And then this wave-like motion was the tsunami um, effects because I'm so, I was so in tune to water water um, that I was picking it up on my body because my bot I always pick up on bodily functions so that's how I was picking it up so yeah so as I say this this started on the roof and it was happening every night and it was almost like a protection it was a to keep me safe uh, so then I went into a deep meditation with this lion man on the window and he said he was my protector between the dimensions. And as I say, he was creating a grid there for protection. So I continued with this gridding, this, this walk, him walking on there for quite some time. But after the toilet incident, I decided I needed to find somebody that could help me because nobody seemed to be able to give me any answers. So Somebody reached out to me and said, I know someone that can remote view so they can go inside your house and have a look and see what's going on. So I said, okay. <laughs> so he said, I don't need to come into your house. I can remote view. So I want you to go to bed tonight. I want you to say a prayer uh, to the Ascended Masters um, and then I want you to check with me the next day. I said, okay, I was rather sceptical that this would make any difference. But he went in and whatever he did, everything come back to being relatively calm and quiet. So when I rang him back, my inquisitive mind wanted to know what's been happening in my house. And he basically said to me, they were having a party at your expense. I've chucked out the bad ones. Keep the good ones inside. Don't sage because you want to keep the good ones in. And I said, "But who are they?" And he would. He said, "You don't. You don't need to know. You don't want to know." And that was it. And he said, "If you have any more problems, just get back to me," which just wasn't enough for me. I needed to know because. Even though, yeah, sure, there was good and bad energies happening in the house, um, I didn't think that they were necessarily bad. I mean, 
yes, sometimes you got frightened, particularly with the toilet incident, but, I mean, it wasn't like they were making me levitate up in the air or, you know, making cupboards move and doing all sorts of weird things, throwing things at me or whatever, you know, not not the usual poltergeist type stuff. So I wasn't convinced that they were all bad. Um, and I just had this strange feeling that somehow I was connected to these beings. Um, and then they started to appear on the sliding door with um, images of the rib cages and the and the um, the the upper thoracics again, but on the sliding window, so I could actually see them all. And the rest of my family could see them as well. It's not like it was just me. They were seeing them as well. And I'd wipe them off and they'd come back again. So they were trying to tell me something about my, was it was that me or am I related to them in some way? Um, and then when they got kicked out, they weren't very happy. So um, there was a lot of mournful, mournful crying going on as well, uh, being removed. From, from the house. Um, so, yeah, lots of bizarre things. So everything calmed down after that, but I still wanted to know why. And then that's when it sort of led me off onto another path. Um, that's when I I managed to find somebody uh, that was into astrology, but not just astrology, but star seed astrology. Um, so this lady was in the States, um, I made contact with her. I started reading about all of these beings, um, which I never knew anything about before, the Lyrans and the Arcturians and the Palladians, um, and some of the characteristics of a star seed. And I started to go, geez, that, you know, that sounds like me. So having, for instance, the pale skin, um, reddish tinge to the hair, low temperature. Um, my um, daughter's temperature when she was a baby was around about 34 degrees. She had a very low temperature. Um, extra appendages, I've got an extra rib, um, which is another characteristic. And we both have the RH negative blood, which also appears to be a characteristic as well. And this feeling of not belonging and that sense of wanting to go home to somewhere that you're not really sure where it is, but you just don't feel comfortable on planet Earth. So I thought this is starting to sound a bit like me. Um, so I contacted her and she did my star chart for me and um, she found some interesting coordinates on my chart that she wanted to contact me and have a chat. And that's when I found out my, yeah, starseed origins, which, you know, mostly my connections are to Orion, Regulus in the fixed star system, Mintaka, so the Mer people, and I do have some Pallades in there as well. But just finding that out, just, yeah, I remember when I found out and, and I, I went for a walk and I just kept going, I'm Mintak and I'm Mintak and because 
you had to pick one that you really felt you resonated with and that one in particular, you know, I felt a, a strong connection. Regulus is, is that Leo constellation. It's the home of the Fae and the unicorns and the fairies and that's me. You know, even at 60 years of age, I still have that Peter Pan ways. I love tutus and dressing up and it's also the royal star, so so royalty. But that Leo, the lion, you know, the lion, it's the home of the shaman, so that morphing man, the bridge, interdimensional bridge between galaxies. The duck, I was trying to figure out, well, well ducks, that was a way to, to get them, that was a portal, the open portal to come into the house. Ducks are happy in to fly in the air and, and be on the water. So they're happy in both places, whereas I never was. I've always had this incredibly hard to ground myself to planet Earth. So, and that was the obsidian. That was the obsidian. Gifted yes. to you to ground yourself. To ground myself, exactly. And I threw it away. Yeah, so, well, you know. You can always get more. <laughs> but yeah, that was gifted to you and it was apported to you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huge, like huge pieces they were. Um, it's so very hard to explain and put it all together because. You know, I just feel like I went down a rabbit hole. It's just so many things happening. I think with the symbols, it was particularly those flute lines. It's to go with the flow and it's also the feminine, uh, you know, joining the, the masculine feminine energies together. Um, there was a sign in my chart. Uh, uh, it was Regulus, Regulus moved in the chart every two, I think it was two, 2,000 years, and it moved in my chart, and that was the beginning of the age of Aquarius and the the, the joining of the masculine fem, feminine energies. Mm -hmm. And there was also another sign that only moves, I think, Saturn, Saturn conjunct. Uh, it's a Saturn return. So it, when there's a Saturn return, um, that's the beginning of the new earth, uh, the death of death of something and the beginnings of another, and that that happened in my chart. So it was very rare, a very rare occurrence, and that's why she ended up um, contacting me about that. Wow. So let me ask you, how do the kids and hubby cope with all this? <laughs> I mean, are they star seeds too? Yeah, my daughter is. She's she's um she's RH negative as well. She's also autistic. So in actual fact, I think she bought them in originally. Okay. Because having autism and trying to negotiate this world uh, was very, very difficult for her. Mm -hmm. So I think she was drawing them in to a certain degree in the beginning. Um, well, I think it's both of you as I listen but, to yeah, your, both. your story. Yeah, you're, you, you started out talking about being sensitive and you're already a portal. You're already a portal. Uh, and, um, yeah, and that portal got wider and wider and wider, which did allow a lot of different energies to come and play, as they say. 
and yes. mischievous ones and you know poltergeisty type mischievous energies like spirits and galactic energies and all sorts of energies earthbound souls like the whole gang were there i had the whole gang yeah i had yeah. a whole lot it was it was you know i used to go well what's next what's going to happen today so so after i got my seed star seed origins the feeling of well you know i i feel authentic now whereas before i never did because i could never fit in because i was always so strange or weird to some people um so that was just oh that was just such a gift let, um let, let me ask and, you. and to be happy in the dark and the light you know and and i have um Virgo in my star star seed chart, uh, which is a sign of the goddess, and to be happy in in both aspects. Yeah, right. Um, so then I sort of led to the next area, which was the medical intuition side. So then I caught up with Jean Sheehan. Well, hang on. Before we get there, I want to go back to some of the things that you've been talking about. You know, listening to some of your experiences explains a lot to me because when I was a young feisty teenager I had a friend called Donna whose mother was about 15 when she had her so when we're like 14 15 the mother is still in her 20s and she's out partying yeah. and we used to be left alone at home well, I think we're about yeah 14 and Donna said to me you know you can buy these car signet tablets at the at the chemist and if you take enough of them you'll go we'll go tripping and I said okay let's do that so we did we oh, swallowed wow. a whole handful of these little blue wow. pills and some of your experiences explain exactly what I saw when I was tripping. Oh, true. So watching the walls move like an elevator, like and yeah. everything became in motion and dogs yes. started dancing and, and yeah, like a lot of what you saw, I saw when I was tripping. Yeah. So, you know, Seth explained it in the Seth books that what these LSD, psilocybin, mm. ayahuasca, uh, what do you call it, type drugs do is they unblock the blocker sites on your yes. receptors so that you perceive more of what's going on. And that and that's what we call tripping or you know, having your crazy experiences. Experiences, yeah. As humans, we are, you know, only available. There's only so much information available to our physical senses because of all these blocker receptor sites that keep us in a in a focus and a narrative so yeah it's it's been fascinating listening and to i mean i wasn't on any drugs i no. mean i don't i don't deal with drugs very my sensitive body can't cope with them <clears throat> so i right. can't say i was tripping out on any any drugs but no but you were more open like you i was open yeah you, i was just you didn't have the blocker the blockers receptor sites on your you know cells yeah were, were yeah. not as blocked basically not as blocked. no yeah and and i don't know it was a feeling like i died because my sensitive body my sensitive nervous system just could not cope with this world any longer and it was like I had to have an upgrade. Yeah. So whether somebody, some other soul did come in, I don't know. But but after that, while all of this was going on, I was getting all of the golden glyphs. So I started to get downloads of glyphs nearly every night. I'd get downloads of grids, different grids, different fractals. 
nearly every night. I'd have beeping in my ears. I'd have people touching me on the head. I would be resonating with all of the, the electrical wires outside, including the copper pipes in the shower. Um, so many bizarre, bizarre um, symptoms. But whatever they were doing to me and changing my DNA structure, I am not the person that I was back in 2011 when I had this major um, ascension flu illness. So there was a lot of upgrading to do. And then, as I say, then I went into the medical intuition with Jean and she started opening me up as well with all of the gritting techniques. The first session that she did that with me, the next day <laughs> was just one big bizarre day, all day. I got up, there was a, another face on the mirror, well, on the slider. Now, this guy, he looked like a guy. He looked like a Roman. He had a fairly big nose and and these eyes that just kept wanting. Remember how I said people used to talk to me in the in the photos when I was a kid? So he was beg he had this beckoning look on his face like he wanted to talk to me. And I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> this is just too much. But anyway, I had to go out. Um, that particular day to a conference. So I had to go and have a shower. So I went off to have this shower and this huge big purple flash just came out of nowhere and just bedazzled me. And I thought, oh, well, I don't know what that one's about. So I got out of the shower and I needed to have a rest before I went out. So I went to lie down and... I can't, it's so hard to explain these things, but I shifted realities. So I moved into being a soldier on the on the battlefield and I got hit. <clears throat> now, I don't know what I got hit with, um, but then I'd swap back to this reality and viscerally I felt my aorta burst. I literally felt, I could feel, you know how like when I had the waves on the belly, same sensation. I actually felt it come apart and I was expecting all of this blood to be just oozing out of me and then I'd slip again and I'd be in this present reality and there was nothing there. But I felt the whole death experience and then I felt myself say, I love you all. But it was the visceral, it was the actual feeling. My aorta burst like it was... And I and I just yeah even to this day I it's yeah it's um it's stayed with me so I got over that and then I had to go to this course and then I looked at the Roman man on the window and he'd all gone calm again like he wasn't like this at me like he was before and that got me thinking well what is that all about um, and then. When I got the star seed chart, Donna said that um, Orion is very big in my chart and that Orion was the home of the original Druids. And that got me thinking, well, was that a Roman man that in on the battlefield had killed me? 
or was I the Roman man and I'd, I'd killed the Druid? And then I went thinking about my ancestry. I'm Welsh and English, um, so definitely a lot of Druid, you know, in the Welsh. Um, so I'm thinking, is that a past life thing that I, I really needed to know about? So all of these things are happening, past, present, future, all these lifetimes, everything coming at once. So, yeah, then I got in the car. I went to go to the course. I'm not the best when it's driving because of the vestibular stuff, but I felt pretty chilled. I stopped at the lights. Well, I just got to the lights. I stopped at the lights. And then the next thing, I lost consciousness. So... <laughs> Uh, my eyes rolled, it was like some gremlin just jumped into my body. My eyes rolled back in my head. and I mean, I was lucky I was at the lights. Otherwise, I would have had a car accident. But just one after the other. So I'm thinking now, is that the kundalini energy? Was that was that what that was all about? Um, the, the purple flash. Well, when I was in my 20s and I was doing all of these courses and things to to empower me I did body electronics do you remember the old body electronics uh his name was Dr Whitman Ray and it used to be a very barbaric way to access your subconscious so oh, we right. would we'd have to sit on these points and we'd have to drink oodles and oodles of uh, colloidal minerals to get a charge Right. And then we'd sit on points on the chakras that, that would have then affect the endocrine glands as well. Yeah. Um, to remove all of our all of our stories and yeah, all of our emotional blockages. So I did that um in the eighties and it was all to do with um removing the blockages and experiencing the violet flame mm -hmm. through Saint Germain. And um, I remember going to the course and coming home from the course, lying on the bed and getting this severe pain, like I was having a heart attack. And I was on my own because everybody else had gone out. And I thought, well, I'm having a heart attack. What do I do now? And I literally watched my ribcage, which was tucked up under here, move out so it always used to be tucked in because of the rickets that I had as a child. And I actually physically watched it move out. So with all of the body electronics and removing all the past blockages, etc., um, I realigned my rib cage. So then I'm thinking, well, all the rib cages and the and the thoracic bones and everything that that I was being shown was that did that have something to do with that? Um, it was because it's always like my upper body never ever fitted with my lower body. It was a sort of a mismatch. Um, and bones are your are your core, you know, it's where your beliefs lie. So perhaps I told stories to myself because I didn't I didn't feel accepted that I affected my bones in that way as well so all of these interesting little bits were giving me clues as to what does all this mean and i mean the the violet flame is also um, associated with uh, egypt and thoth and hermes and all of the egyptian glyphs that i was getting 
so yeah, there, there was a lot of that as well. So in that one day, I had all of these things happen. And then when I went back for another session, that's when I started having reality shifts at night. Um, so the, the, the Alice in Wonderland got even more woo-woo after that. So I would wake up. Well, I thought I was waking up, but there was no bed. There was no walls. There was no doors. They'd all disappeared. So when I'd reach over to the lamp, it wasn't there. When I went to go find the door, it wasn't there. And then these light beams appeared, um, shimmering gold beams, four of them originally. They they just looked like, um, you know, in the Star Trek where they go, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> That's what they looked like, shimmering. And they'd just be there. So I'm not sure whether I was still in my bedroom at that stage or I was taken somewhere else. I don't know. Telepathically, I don't know what we, we spoke or talked about. They didn't approach me. I didn't approach them. But I was basically just mind. There was nothing else but mind. And everything else had gone and disappeared. And that used to happen nearly every night uh, for quite a while. And then eventually there was just one being. And he used to be, well, it used to be at the wardrobe. And I, and I woke up. Everything had shifted again. No walls, no lamp, no bed. <laughs> trying to, there's nothing there. And my mind went, well, I'm just going to go straight through that cupboard. So I remember going through the cupboard, through this being that was there or the light or whatever it was, straight through, my little dog following me, went down the corridor, went to the toilet, did my business, got up, came back. And when I came back, all the doors and the walls were back again. And I just went through the door and there was the bed and I went back into bed whereas before they weren't there. So I'm starting to have a lot of that happening. So this is not in your astral form. This is in your physical form. Yeah. Because you went to the toilet. I'm thinking you don't need to go to the toilet if you're in your astral no, form. Maybe no. you do. Maybe you do. I don't know. But, I mean, I. it's so hard for your, your mind to get your head around because, yeah, I was just mind when I was looking at them and there was no, no space, no nothing there. But then once I went through that wardrobe and I come around the corner, I remember being back in a physical body and going to the toilet. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah. Let, me, let me ask you, Desley, is, so you've been a naturopath forever, but mm. your clients don't know anything about this. But I would imagine as a naturopath, you could utilise your intuitive psychic channeling abilities to affect change, your healing abilities, you know, outside of the naturopathic model. So yes. naturopathy is more about diet and exercise and, you know, like herbs and it's it's quite a physical. Yeah, thing. and you're trying to take them, make them take self-responsibility yeah. as well for their mm -hmm. health, which is not always the case. <laughs> you, you know yeah. that healer, what's his name, Charlie Gold, Charlie Goldstein, Goldberg, Gold something, Goldberg, anyway. And he mm -hmm. had that show on in US television called The Healer. And he just, he was a young kid and 
he could just heal people and uh, he didn't know how he did it. Like people said, how are you doing it? He goes, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. So he became uber successful and everyone's like, heal me, heal me, heal me. You know, they made him the one of the gods, put him up on the pedestal, which he didn't like at all. And now he's teaching people about healing through very practical naturopathic steps, like eat yes, this. Truly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, exactly what you said because he, he could heal people. And then everyone's like, you're healing me. But the message is really about, yeah, you know, we've all got this energy, but you need to take responsibility. Yeah, you need to take responsibility. I mean, yeah, I can heal you, but if you keep eating crappy food and stressing out and, you know, like you're just going to get sick again. So you have to take responsibility for your life. But how how has it affected your practice, all this stuff, as as a naturopath? I've noticed I don't have the passion for the naturopathy like I did Um, because that was always what I wanted to do because, you know, I was inspired when I was younger and I'd fallen foul of the medical profession many, many years ago because they've done some terrible things to me over the years. But since this, it's changed me in terms of wanting to do something else or move into some other area that I'm still a little unsure of what that is supposed to be. Absolutely. Because I've had all of these bizarre things happen and I know I have this innate ability. as we've discussed, you're an absolute portal. You're a channel. Yes. And just like you reached out to someone to find out your star lineage so you can do that for others. And I think that with you it's more about readings these days and, and letting people remember who they are and they're and giving them that information about their galactic lineage and yeah darling the sky's the limit you can do it all you can do anything but i guess that you're locked into a way of healing having done it for so many years yes that but that, that being more like a psychic intuitive reader activating star seeds you know you've got to get used to that kind of role got to get used to that other role but that's yes. definitely you know yeah what i see you doing i mean I don't speak the light language. I have spoken it in my sleep, but mm. not. It doesn't come out deliberately. Um, I did speak something in my early 20s that was akin to Latin. I don't know whether it was Latin or it was one of these these um, languages. Um, <clears throat> but I do, I, I'm, I'm very good with a pendulum. I'm, I'm yeah, it was probably one of my, I think it's because I have this, maybe the, the water divining side of it as well, um, that I can become a channel basically like a pendulum where if I ask a question, yeah, um, I will go yes yeah, or no and I have no control over that um, movement. Yeah. I either go yes or no. So I can, I can make myself a con conduit for that type of channel you know i was i started off this journey as a naturopath and then i moved yeah and then i moved into um energy healing became like a medical intuitive looking into people's bodies but you know the the process of being a medical intuitive is like the beginning of accessing your powers of sight into the energetic realm so first we're taught to look into the physical body 
as an energetic realm and then we're mm. like seeing oh i can see spots on your liver and but you're actually looking at an energy grid and interpret it in, in, into what you can see in the physical body but it actually gives you the ability to look into their energy bodies and beyond you know and because if you can look into the physical body with your psychic abilities you can look anywhere you can you just look anywhere you just got to focus in a different way like not just like oh what's giving you the pain in the you know your hip and like let's because we think in because i like you had that allopathic training in anatomy mm. and physiology so i'm focused on the physical rather than being uh, getting that energetic training of being focused on the energetic bodies as well yeah. So, yeah 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 so yeah so it's just opened me up to a whole new whole new world that um as i say i've only ever you know been aware of life after death experiences and talking to i mean i i have this innate ability to talk to the dead uh you know they come they come to me <laughs> when they you know, like like the home, like the homeless man under yeah, the, yeah that's, that's the homeless right. man under the bed that's hilarious but so do you do you, do you yak with your guides now do you chat with them do they have messages to for you and for others uh, i mean uh, who are the like you talked about the lion beings and the um, different beings what messages have they given to you and for humanity have they given you any messages about the earth and human consciousness well i went and did a vision quest to sort of see how um, i could connect more with with my animal animal friend <laughs> my shaman man um he's actually he doesn't do the grid walking anymore. Everything is calmed down there. There's no more symbols or um, uh, yeah, any any of that activity happening. Occasionally, I will get an alien hand on the mirror, and it's definitely a you know alien uh, type hand, not a human hand. But yeah, all of that is settled out. But he's permanently on the wall in my kitchen now. So an apparition has come onto the wall and it is definitely him. And, yeah, so I do talk to him telepathically in my mind and I know that he's he's here all the time, that he's never actually ever gone, he's here. But, yeah, it's um, I did this, I did this uh, vision quest and I might just read to you um, just out of the book what what the outcome of that was this was what came down through that experience i am a multi-dimensional being who has jumped timelines to be here on this earth at this time i come in the form of a star sea goddess as part of the awakening and shifting consciousness to be the light and way shower for others i am reserved but resilient providing unconditional love to all I hold space for others and reach out my hand in loving kindness for each has their own path in life. I am a sentient being who experiences the world through feelings, sensations, colour, tones and imagination. I dislike harshness and find it difficult to grant planet Earth. I have an affinity with water and electricity with the combination creating resonance. Uh, the lion comes to me through the mirror. He sometimes morphs into an indigenous shaman. I have sketched him. 
appears from the royal star regulus reminding me of my star seed lineage with the fae. He is my protector and guide into the other dimensions. He offers freedom and independence, born free. Uh, I want to roar like the lion. I am meek but brave and powerful. I am the lion heart. My line shows me by just holding the resonance, I can find what I need on Mother Earth and all that I'll touch with this resonance will know love. I was given a sword charged with the energy of the moon to bring back down to Mother Earth. I am told under the principle of the four elements, my resonance carries the electrical charge. I now understand how these four elements, together with the five element theory, relate to the context of my journey. Earth, Archangel Uriel, grounds, grounds the earth energies. Metal, the sword, holds the electrical charge of the earth. Wood, used in the guise of a little ornament resembling of a wood duck, to open a portal to bring through the ancient wisdom of the codes of existence and the alchemy of transformation to create heaven on earth. Archangel Michael guides the dragon passion for courage, strength and leadership fueled by the wooden duck to create fire and ash on the earth. Archangel Raphael guides the extra dimensionals and the ethers. Archangel Gabriel guides the resonance with all the other elements creating the electrical charge for emotional upliftment and conscious universal flow. I'm a multidimensional goddess queen I am being open to all possibilities. I am releasing the armour that has shielded my heart and picked up my sword in honour of all those that have gone before me and all those that I will touch in the future, shining bright with love and light. So that was the outcome of all of the puzzle coming together. Well, beautiful. You know, what amazes me, Desley, is that all that you went through would send somebody mad. And mm. as somebody who's been doing this for a long time and, and teaching and counselling people for a long time, what I have seen is that people who are as sensitive as you in the past, like there are kids, like pretty much all the kids are as sensitive as you. Like I just had my brother with his daughters here and one of them is just crazy sensitive and she's having a really hard time they can't cope with that sensitivity so they become drug addicts or yeah. they kill themselves or yeah. um but they just try and turn it off rather than meeting it with curiosity and why they just try and turn it off so you've led this life of these experiences without trying to turn it off getting hooked on some pharmaceutical drug or alcohol or dope or something to try and numb your sensitivity so mm. that you've got to be absolutely congratulated for that uh, and that's the education that this world needs at the moment I kept I've just had a couple of days with my nieces and I kept saying over and over again to my brother I wish people would teach children about how they flow their energy their sensitivity it's not taught in our schools I'm passionate no. about this energy understanding of who we are as energetic beings especially with the new children, we call them, that are so sensitive and so psychic. And, and they can't cope with the education system. And the education system is not coping with them, yeah, yeah because, and, and they can't cope with the education and vice versa. But no one's 
teaching them about energy and and so that's what I feel oh I don't know that's what you could do you know helping starseeds cope with their sensitivity because Mm. what I see over and over and over again across Facebook groups and all sorts of things is they they recognize the sensitivity they recognize their starseeds and then they they're in a world of pain and they just just spew out this pain about how hard this world is they don't want to be here I don't belong here and there's a lot of suicides. So if you are a light goddess that is here on earth to affect change, then you've chosen to be here, like all of them, you included. And we need someone like you to help these beings understand who they are and, and stop suffering because of their heightened sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I would re- really like to connect as well. So um, having connected with you and, and now knowing that you've got various courses and, and avenues there that I can connect with. But I'd like to be able to connect in my own local area as yeah. well. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm putting a call out there too if there's any yeah, star seeds well, in my local area that would might like to. Well, there are. I met, someone this, I met someone this time last year. I'm pretty sure she lived in Toowoomba. When I went to the desert to make a drum, um, <laughs> there was about 12 women that, uh, from all over Australia. They had come from far away. They had come from, three of them came from uh, Western Australia. What was the name of this town in between Perth and Broome in the middle there? And, yeah, one, I'm sure one was in Toowoomba. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I know one person. But, yes, yeah. you'll, have to start pre- you'll have to start presenting yourself as an energy healer Yes, and, 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 and attract people that are coming for that understanding, and not that understanding, and not to get a diet plan, and you know, and some herbs. No, <laughs> as an naturopath. Yeah. So and crea- uh, th- creating that circle of like-minded stuff. Exactly. This happened yeah. to me when I was. I actually did five years full-time study as a naturopath. And never set up shop as a naturopath because I no didn't, no I find that really interesting. I, I didn't see anything that I thought was going to change the world, so I started kept asking questions. But I was a fully not qualified naturopath. I actually had a baby and opened a furniture shop after all that. I spent the last of my money studying naturopathy and kept asking questions. And then I was massaging for a living and uh, and doing well. I had people in the film industry, friends, and I used to massage a lot of Hollywood um, actors that came out here. But I started having all this phenomena happen. And I remember making that decision, I've got to stop calling myself a masseuse because people are coming for a nice massage and I'm telling them, <laughs> I'm telling them stuff about themselves and they're yeah. not expecting it. I remember yeah. one guy, he was an American actor. I was telling him all this stuff and the look on his face it was at that moment, he was like looking at me horrified, terrified because I was looking inside his soul. I was telling him his thoughts. I was telling him his future and he just was not expecting it from the masseuse. You know, he just ordered no. a massage. So it was at that moment I, I have to call myself something different. It was a deliberate decision to shift identities because massage is not doing it, you know. No. So what did you end up calling yourself? Well, spiritual healer. Right. Uh, you know, playing with identity, um, mm. but just something that would represent what I was doing. And yeah. then the word healer didn't fit with me because, like you, I didn't want anyone to think that I was healing them. I wanted to empower no. people to heal themselves. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I moved back to teacher. And and what's really interesting was when I was twelve, the nanny that looked after us, uh, my my stepbrother, 
which was the brother that was here now, my half-brother, he was a baby. My, my stepmother employed this nanny. She said to me, you will be a teacher. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, I thought, I'll never be a teacher. I hate school. But, you know, I, I that was the only that was the only title I could give myself that really represented what I was trying to do in the world. Like, yeah, I yeah. can heal you, but I, I want you to know that you can heal yourself too. So, yeah. And yeah. it's the way you teach it as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think. So, that, yeah, there's lots of different possibilities. Possibilities. Um, yeah. As I say, creating a circle of like-minded star seats would be yeah, a good place absolutely. to start. And Australia um, really needs it, like that organisation um, of the star seeds. It's something that's really needed in Australia. I've I've seen it happening in the states and Canada, yeah. uh, but I haven't seen that organisation of star seeds and um and that happening here. So yeah, you could definitely hit the forefront of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so as I say, that's a, that's a good start. I'm also trying to ground myself more. I'm not so much about trying to leave as what I was before um and you know even just a simple thing such as gardening I mean I've never been into gardening my father was a plant breeder he highly skilled plant breeder and I'd kill every plant in sight <laughs> but just getting into the earth and yeah, gardening has really helped me to stay centered yeah. and grounded because that is the challenge that is the struggle with star seeds well look the struggle with star seeds is that they don't appreciate being human and the best way yeah. to ground yourself is to appreciate the human realm and the so human. like 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 you say gardening like like geeking out on flowers and and looking at the ocean and just the beauty of the sunset and the freshness of the air after the rain and and just really getting into that sense of appreciation and and gratitude for being here in this realm that's so grounding grounding and, it's grounding because what starseeds say is they kind of you know they're up there in the stars and like i don't want to be here i don't want to be here <laughs> and they don't actually appreciate the realm that they're in and then people die and they go oh my god that was such an amazing experience why i don't I have a body anymore why didn't i appreciate it more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. that going back to my childhood <clears throat> and writing it in memoirs was so cathartic. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. It brought me back to that and appreciating the beauty, um, you know, around us because that's what I was like as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that certainly helped, yeah, to to dissipate those feelings of, yeah, not wanting to be real. Well, honey, when your story has been riveting, I've been riveted to every word. I'm sure the book would be just as riveting. I haven't read it. But if it's anything like the what you've told us today, it would be fascinating read. And I'm sure that many star seeds will get a lot of benefit from reading about your reading experiences. It, yeah. And it's hard to explain, you know, it's hard yeah. it's hard to um because it it all have you know, so much happened in a in a short period so of time. So much happened. I can see it all in a movie. It's <laughs> yeah. I wanna thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. It's and been so beautiful. This has been your first podcast, you know, sharing this openly publicly apart from the book and you've been very brave in coming out and, you know, congratulations on not going insane and getting, this, inf insane. getting yeah. this information out there in a cohesive yeah. way. And thanks so much for being here. And thank you so much for having me and I will connect with you again online. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Whoa. Ride a ride with Desley, wasn't it? What 
amazing experiences she's been through. And as I said to her, you know, during the show, congratulations on not going mad <laughs> or becoming a drug addict with all that that she's had to experience. But, um, yeah, when your guides want to get your attention, they get your attention. <laughs> and I have found over the years of doing this that illness is a big way guidance gets your attention. Yeah, because we're so physically focused. We're so focused on who we are as our bodies that when our bodies don't work, it really gets your attention and you start asking different questions like um, why. So Desley is a naturopath, obviously got very sick in 2011 and all her knowledge and years of treating people were not working on her and nor was the allopathic. So there was uh, something else afoot. <laughs> there was something else that needed to be done and that is to tune in to who she is as a starseed and why she's here on earth and stop forgetting that. Stop thinking that she's just a human naturopath here to doll out the herbs and diets. And yeah, anyway, fascinating. I was riveted, as I said on the show, I was riveted to that story. Absolutely amazing. So this month, October, coming up, it's not quite October yet, I am going to be co-hosting with Sheila Seppi for Cosmic Conversations with the Galactic Alliance on the Conscious Awakening Network. And I'd love you to join us. I actually asked Desley if she wants to be our last speaker because I had actually booked four speakers, Sheila being the first. Sheila said to me, I had her in the Inner Sanctum, which is my groups, and um, not that we own any of this, which is the ones that I facilitate. Uh, on a monthly basis, only putting one speaker on a month. She does two a week. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, like mine, they're free to join, but she does appreciate donations, as I do, if you're enjoying the conversations. And Sheila and I were just chatting after the show, and she said uh, she wanted to talk about the false matrix, you know, within the fifth dimension. And I said, well, let's do it. Let's get to you on your own show as the speaker, and let's talk about the false matrix and um, so we're going to hear from Sheila about that and how all that works. I think that will be absolutely fascinating. It is on a Monday night in the States or in the Northern Hemisphere, Europe and Canada, and it is on a Tuesday in October. It'll be midday because our clocks change on the 1st of October. So I think uh, uh, it'll be midday down under. If you want to join on Zoom, you go to the Galactic Alliance website, Dot org is it dot org and put your email in there and they'll send you out the zoom links or you can join the galactic alliance facebook page or you can join my awakening empowerment network facebook group uh galactic alliance facebook page or or group and uh yeah we'll we'll see it there or contact me and i'll send you the link and send you the link to sign up I think the Conscious Awakening Network also has a facility to sign up for Cosmic Conversations as well. She's got a few things going on, Sheila. <laughs> so many email addresses, I never know which one to send to her because she's got so many things going on. Spirit Way Wellness, Galactic Alliance, Cosmic Conversations, Conscious Awakening Network. It's all happening. So, yes, that, that will be live streamed. But what we do do, I think, I think she does the same as me, as what I do with my Inner Sanctum groups, is I live stream the speaker and then we turn off the live stream and I don't record or live stream and we just have chat. 
and ask questions and people can say anything and not worried about being recorded or being on camera in a public platform. Not sure if Sheila does that. We might introduce that. But uh, if you want to meet some some of the speakers on Zoom and ask your questions on the Cosmic Conversations, we don't take questions from the people listening live streaming. It's only from the people on Zoom. So join us and have some galactic cosmic conversations with us on Zoom on a Monday night. It's 7 p.m. Mountain. I think it's 9 p.m. Eastern. And I say midday on a Tuesday here. So that'll be it's over five weeks in October. She said to me, you forgot about the last week because it falls on the 30th. So it sort of runs over five weeks. And I went, oh, I did. I haven't booked a speaker for the last week. So I just asked Leslie to share more of her story because she's got a lot more to share. She's got stacks to share. So I thought, great opportunity to showcase another Aussie to an American, predominantly American audience. Not everybody's American, but because of the time she puts it on, it doesn't include Europeans. With my group, I put it on at 8 a.m. here in Sydney, which is around midnight for Europeans and 11 p.m. for UK people. But as our clocks change, it gets a little bit earlier for them. So it's doable. It's not three or four o'clock in the morning that they have to get up. It's doable. So we do have Europeans and people from all over the place that join our groups. Yeah. Alrighty. That was fascinating. Oof. Wow. I've got some photos that she was talking about. She sent me some photos after the show. She said, did you get my photos? And I'm like, let me have a look of the, of the mirrors and stuff. Anyway, you'll see them on the show. Hopefully, if you're watching the uh, video podcast and uh, just listening to the audio, I'll pop some of the images that she sent me of the hands on the mirror and stuff. Amazing, amazing story. Loved that. Knew that would be good. So cool. Love you big time. Remember to check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already. Incredible stories in there if you haven't read the book already. I love that book. And we will catch you next time. Big love. Bye for now.